Welcome to episode 207 of the Sports Marketing Huddle, a podcast that looks at all things marketing in the world of sports. Alongside Brian Cristiano, I'm Rob Cressy. Today's topic, the NFL Draft. So Brian, I watched probably 75% of the NFL Draft across the various days. Uh, The majority of the time I had it on mute that's a lot of times how I absorb sports information. It's just yep. there, and it just goes in through my head. I love the NFL draft. I love the fandom. I love that it's the realization of people's dreams that they've worked their entire lives for. Uh, I love the hope and optimism for the future that's there. But what also I love is the marketing and engagement that's there. And the NFL draft was in Chicago the previous two years. This year they were in Philadelphia. And I experienced firsthand at the product they produce. And it is absolutely fantastic from a marketing and engagement standpoint. So that's what I want to dish about on this podcast. First of all, did you see any of the NFL draft? You watch 75%. I probably watch 7 or 5%. <laughs> Gotcha. But for the 7 or 5% that you did watch, was there anything that stood out to you? I'll be honest, no. Nothing stood out to me. And I think it's just because I watched it very passively while I had other stuff going on. I only checked in a couple times, um, see some of the top uh, draft picks. Um, I didn't really spend, honestly, too much energy paying that much attention to it. But I do know I am aware of some of the marketing stuff that happened. And I'm interested to get your take since you had spent more time and energy uh, actually uh, paying attention to the draft and diving into some of that. Um, So I'm curious what you saw. All right, let's do it. First off, uh, this year, the number one overall pick, Miles Garrett, selected by the Cleveland Browns, was not in attendance at the draft. Instead, he decided to stay at home, where he then had his own video crew uh, documenting all of that. And I think this is the start of what we may see a little bit more is the players controlling the narrative in their brand as opposed to doing it on the NFL's platform. Because obviously for the NFL, it would be huge to have the number one overall pick there. What are your thoughts on players saying, you know what, I'm going to keep this in-house and allow them to have more control over it? Well, so... I'm not sure, and I'm curious because uh, I don't know off the top of my head how many number one picks have not been in attendance before. I'm pretty sure it's pretty minimal. Um, but, you know, when Darrell Revis was picked by the New York Jets in the draft, I would actually was producing a documentary uh, on him, and so he was at home, and so I knew that. I was aware of that. Um, so it's not super shocking to me, but I think, you know, when you're talking about the number one draft pick, our potential number one draft pick. I don't know. I I am. Um, I would wonder why he wasn't there, and if the intention was to not be there so that he could get his own content and so forth. I don't know. I'm not loving it. Um, but I know that for some of these guys, some of these kids, traveling may not be an option for one reason or another. So, assuming that branding and marketing was more top of mind, would you see more value in being? front and center on the NFL's platform as opposed to you having the control of doing it in-house irregardless of where you are. And I guess what I'm sort of getting at with this is just the shift in personal branding and social media messaging. I, If it was me, which it would never be, but if it was me and I somehow managed to be that athletic and be in the NFL draft, I would want to physically 
be there for two reasons. Number one, I think as you know, somebody who gets drafted, that's got to be a pretty incredible experience. I've been to the draft a few times when I was here in New York, uh, so I know the vibe in person. It's incredible. I don't know why I would want to experience that at home with the exception of maybe being around my family, but me personally, I'd rather experience it, number one. Number two, from a branding experience, I feel like the personal brand stuff is going to be super short-lived. Like, What are the replays that go on ESPN and everywhere else for the next year or if you become a superstar the next 10 or 15 years, I want I want that jersey getting handed to me, all right, and putting over my head. So, like, I, I actually will go the opposite way than what I probably would normally say is, like, go with a personal brand. But I think in this experience, go with the NFL, go with the experience, go with how it is intended to be. All right, so the next thing I want to talk about is for the people that were in attendance, there's a few things that stood out to me. One, Takaris McKinley, who came from UCLA, had a very, very heartwarming story where I believe it was his grandmother. Literally, she's in the hospital about to die, and he says to her, I'm going to get a D1 scholarship, and I'm going to make it to the NFL 30 seconds later, she passes away. Very, very, very emotional guy. He gets drafted in the first round, and he walks out with a full-blown picture and frame of his grandmother. He is supercharged. He ends up dropping an F-bomb on stage. He goes from enraged to excited to almost crying. Like You can see the waves of emotions with this. And then I noticed another player brought his newborn child out with him. So me being the marketing person, I started to think, all right, well, what are your thoughts on people potentially exploiting this or the NFL having to come out and say, you're now no longer allowed to bring something with you, similar to creating your own custom cleats, because sure is the picture of the grandmother and everybody completely loves it. But if I was a hotshot cornerback or wide receiver watching this and I'm going to be in the draft next year, I'm going to say to myself, I'm going to use that as a marketing opportunity because for that guy who brought his kid out, if I'm a brand looking to try and target uh, newborn parents, I'm like, hey, this guy might be a great spokesman for this. Well, I have a few thoughts on this. Um, As I'm shocked, I'm sure you're shocked that I have some thoughts on this. Um, Look. This is ugly branding. What I mean by ugly branding is this. This is the ugly side of the human nature of brands, right? Whether you're talking about a personal brand or a company brand. The ugly side is the is the real side. Like the stuff that in years past and decades past, you would never show to the audience because nobody wants to know about that. The reality is now people want the ugly. They want the real stories. They want the truth behind the people. And so I love, I love the story of his grandmother and that he brought the picture up there. Like that's intense. He dropped an F-bomb. That's real. People want that realness. They want the ugly brand. They don't want the polished. And I don't mean polished in like how it looks. I mean polished in like overly produced and fictional story where everything's perfect. People want to know that these are real people They come from real places, and that, to me, sells me on the fact, you know what, you're willing to put your ugly story out there, I'm willing to listen, and I like you more for it. I completely agree. He was, without question, a gigantic winner of the NFL draft. So, taking this to the next level, a big trend this year was uh, tricking out the inside liner of your jacket. 
So you have limited branding opportunities if you're uh, in uh, in a suit in studio or I guess in uh, conference room or whatever it is. And one of the winners was Jack Link's who has their Sasquatch as their mascot logo. They teamed up with Deshaun Kaiser, who ended up going in the second round to the Browns, and then they tied it into a foundation that is near and dear to Deshaun Kaiser that helps families and kids with cancer. So this is an opportunity where Deshaun Kaiser had a gigantic Sasquatch uh, essentially sewn Sun into in. his yeah. coat, and we saw that in a few other instances where they were creating custom Coach, so what I liked about this from a marketing standpoint, one, the integration that Jack Links did, not only getting their message out, but also tying in uh, a good cause, but it's new and different, and people always like that. So you're going to look at the shoes, but then you open that coat up, and you're like, boom, Superman this bad boy. <laughs> I, first, I love it, right? I love it on multiple levels. Um, I think somebody should go up there and like have some like full X watches and one side of the sewn into one side of the jacket, right? <laughs> um, the other thing is it reminds me of when I was graduating high school. I had a buddy of mine back then and we were a little bit like we love to like push people's buttons and push the boundaries a little bit and so we are you know i guess large class for where i came from like three four hundred people something like that but we weren't like the best school so they like had to search everybody before you could go out before you know whatever and so me and my buddy figured out i don't know why i'm telling this story this is terrible i'm gonna admit this sorry mom but me and my buddy we decided look we're gonna try to graduate without pants on we pulled it off we did it we're literally like you know boxers underneath the gown but like it reminds me of that we're like we get up on stage and lift the gown up and you just got boxers underneath um, my mom i'm sure hates the fact that there are photos existing for my graduation that look like that but i love it i think it's cool i like the idea the jacket thing um i dig it i would do it if i was ever talented enough to bake it into the nfl draft <laughs> I'd, well, be, I'd be there i would go going back to question i would go just so i could have something cool sewn into my jacket while we're having story time about things we've done while we graduated, I have a story for this. On stage at college graduation, like you, um, I'm okay with just doing things. I live on the seat of my pants from time to time. And my friend said I wouldn't do something at college graduation. And I was like, I'm going to fall on stage. Like, you will not do that. I was <laughs> like, I'll do it. Totally. Graduating college at Miami of Ohio University. So leading up to it, they're calling your names. And like, I'm standing at the stage. I still don't know if I have the balls to do it. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just crapping myself. I'm like, am I really going to do this? Finally get on stage, take one step, two step, completely fall forward, just sell myself out. And it's on one of those platforms. So it makes a huge amount of noise. And this is in the uh, Miami uh, basketball arena, which is just filled with our parents, my grandparents, boom, huge noise. I dust myself off. I can hear like this audible gasp. Uh, Then the Dean is like, you did that on purpose. I shook his hand and said, I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) And Uh, guess who was not pleased about that? My parents. Oh, they never at are. all. Nah. Let's uh, it's good, good to be young, to be young and stupid. Love it. Uh, lastly, Brian, the other thing that stood out from the NFL draft was as after the first round got done, they had to get creative for how they're going to deliver the picks. This is hours upon hours of being like, with the 157th pick, we are picking long snapper out of Rutgers, and everyone's like, oh my god. So. The teams, what they started to do was add a little bit of a local flair and element. So one of them, which was a scuba diver in Seattle, 
comes from the water and hands the card to somebody who's on a dock. Uh, there's also the TV show This Is Us, which apparently is all the rage. The family there apparently Steelers fans. So for the Steelers, for one of their picks, had Mandy Moore and one of the dudes from there uh, giving the picks out. What are your thoughts on this? Because, one, I like the creativity, but, two, one of the announcers, Mike Mayock, was very upset about this because he felt like it trivi- it, uh, it devalued right, some of the these players. Of the players, yeah. Yes, this is their lifelong dream, and when they call your pick, it's being given by a guy in a scuba mask. I actually agree with him. I don't like it. I don't like it. I wouldn't do it, and here's why. Because it falls on deaf ears. When you're in the 125th-plus pick, Dude, you know who's watching? Even as much as I love sports, right? Like, I have other things. I got to run a business. Like, I'm not watching. Do you know who's watching? Only super hardcore, like, football fans. Like, the average consumer is no longer watching anymore, even if they tuned in. They're not still watching. So, to me, you're trying to be, like, gimmicky and fun and cool. To who? The people that are watching are watching because they actually want to know the picks. You know, and I do agree. I think it actually waters down the seriousness of it. And the people that might find that funny, they are not paying attention at that point. And the people that are still watching after 125, they're going to watch anyway. I so, I wouldn't do I it. I think it's almost geared more towards the people who are actually on that location. So imagine NFL drafts in Philadelphia. Now we're going to go remote to each of these different cities where the team is so that for the this is us, there may be a hundred people in attendance who go, oh my God, this is so cool. The Steelers have a this is us thing. And I assume there is some sort of social integration or maybe that's my answer to this. I would tend to agree with you, Brian. I like the seriousness of this, but if we're going to keep going with the campaign, I would like Scuba Steve in Seattle to have had a Twitter account and an activation around it. And maybe he was then sponsored by Seattle Fish Market. And there was more to the story than this just being a hollow. This is a guy in a scuba mask. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's too small. Like at that point, like the audience you're hitting is just so micro. Like why save? Yeah, spend the energy somewhere else, energy and time somewhere else, in my opinion. Like, you know, I don't mean you can't go to other places and maybe doing it slightly like localized, quirky way. But again, Sure, and maybe it's fun, and maybe the player didn't care, but like I don't know. I just don't see much value in it because I just I'm just thinking about who's actually paying attention to that point. Why are they watching? And that's like a kind of a gimmicky thing to do for no real upside. Last thing, hashtag NFL Draft, and I know that the NFL Draft has a social media hub on premise in Draft Town. So Brian, I know that you guys are getting you guys are big into the social media analytics and tracking and trends and stuff like that as a brand of any size what do you do with a hashtag like nfl draft which is so massive there's four million people utilizing it you want to be part of the conversation for nfl draft and i'll even use my own experience so while i'm creating content around the nfl draft i'm gonna hashtag nfl draft because i want to be part of that conversation but in the grand scheme of things what does that really do when you the brand are hashtagging it or when the yeah customer, so i'm hashtagging customer. nfl draft me as me and millions of other people so it's getting lost in this sea of conversation and really you're just categorizing it there but what is the actual impact tw- hashtagging nfl draft is going to have on a brand other than saying well it's about this and you hope someone's going to engage it but just based on the sheer amount of volume doesn't it just get watered down 
No, well, that's the thing, right? Because it's otherwise it's very difficult, not impossible, but very difficult to really understand the temperature and the volume and the scale of the conversation if there's no real way to track it. So people are tweeting and posting on Facebook and Instagram, et cetera, and they're not using that hashtag and they're talking generically. Like, how are you as the NFL going to track? And you, you can you could track many, 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 many words, but it gets more difficult the further and more granular you get. And then if somebody's speaking generally and they're not using the hashtag, then I won't necessarily know that they were part of that conversation so part of it is really like saying hey look around an event specifically like this it makes a lot of sense to have a hashtag um because then other people like yourself or myself might want to say hey look you know what let me see what's happened in the nfl draft let me see what's trending so like if you're using the hashtag and all of a sudden like there's something very interesting that somebody's retweeted a thousand times. You're going to see that at the top, uh, you know, when you search for that hashtag. So you can kind of see like what's the big pieces of the conversation. Like are people liking the scuba thing if they're talking about it or nobody talking about it? Are people, you know, do they like the second round first pick? Like, or do they hate it? You know, um, did they like the trade between X team and Y or did they not even pay attention to it? And so to me, it's really about, you know, really monitoring and seeing what's happening from those conversations from the brand and team side. And then on the other side, the consumer side, it's that's how I can a participate and B see what's trending and see what people are talking about. All right. Today's action items, a simple one for all you NFL fans out there. I want you to send Brian and I a tweet. Give us a grade for your NFL team. What do you, what do you give them in terms of how you saw their draft picks? As always, thanks for listening. You can subscribe to the Sports Marketing Huddle on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Stitcher.